Welcome to Equipped and Established, a podcast of Valley Bible Church where we seek to equip people with the Word of God to be established in the truth. Hey everyone, this is episode 11 of the Equipped and Established podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is part of our Q&A series where we answer questions submitted by our listeners. This week we are looking at the topic of Bible translations. And specifically, the question that was submitted was, what are the pros and cons of different English Bible translations? For example, ESV, NIV, NASB, etc. This is a great topic for us to discuss because I'm sure that every person who's gone to search for a Bible, whether they go to a store or even now go on Amazon or different things, uh, you are just suddenly confronted with a wide variety of options, a wide variety of translations, to the point where I have no idea how many English Bible translations there actually are. And so there's a wide variety, and so the question kind of becomes, well, are they all kind of the same? Uh, Is one better than the other? Are there bad translations? Is there the best? Or whatever it is, there's all these different kind of questions that can come to our mind as we want to kind of find a Bible to read, to study, to have. And so... This will be good for us to kind of dive into this topic, to kind of give kind of a foundation here of what we should be looking for or considering uh, when we are looking into various Bible translations. And so as the question implies, I just want to start here at a foundational level of we have to understand that all the Bibles we have in English are translations, okay? The Bible was not originally written in English. We have the Old Testament, which is written primarily in Hebrew with a little bit of Aramaic, and then the New Testament that was written in Greek. And so, again, as we consider all these things, all these are translations. And so um, I I always had a professor that always kind of, I think joked, but might have actually been serious, I don't know. Uh, They kind of said, well, if you want to kind of not have to worry about all the determining which translation is best or different things like that to make it easy on yourself just learn greek and hebrew and that's it it's like oh yeah that's it just learn greek and hebrew uh which yeah i mean if you have the time and opportunity hey do it right i would encourage that do it but let's assume that most of us here can't take the time to do that okay so then what so then the question is well what are these differences what's uh how do we Uh, determine which translation we should kind of go with and everything. And so let's discuss, first of all, of kind of reasons why we end up with different translations. I think that's a good question to start here. Why do we end up with different translations? And so I think there's a few different reasons. We're going to look at three in particular. And so the first one is just that English itself changes over time. Okay, this is just a reality of even the English language has changed over time. And so there can be kind of a desire and a necessity to kind of update language so that it is more readable and understandable. Okay, for example, if you kind of gave someone, handed someone a King James version from like the 1600s, that might be pretty difficult to read, okay? You might be uh, struggling to kind of just make sense of the English, okay? And so um, so there's these updates that can happen throughout time, okay, as English changes. And so that could lead to different translations. 
uh, second reason uh, is that different translations can use actually like different manuscripts, okay? And manuscripts of like the Greek and Hebrew of what they're basing their translation off of, okay? And so that can lead to differences, okay? Where if you're kind of using a different group of manuscripts than a different translation, then you might end up with slightly different translations. And you're not going to end up in like, don't get me wrong, okay? You're not ending up on some drastically different doctrinal things, okay? It's not like one manuscript says Jesus is God, and then in another manuscript it says Jesus is not God, okay? That's not kind of the changes or differences that are occurring in those manuscripts. But you might have slight differences in the text, okay? That would lead to different translations. And for example, again, that happened kind of with like the King James Version, where that is based on a certain group of like the Greek text or different things, uh, and using a little bit more kind of older manuscripts. Whereas now we have um, from... Uh, like with the newer translations or different things, people like the ESV, NIV, NAS, uh, those translations are basing them off of a, a wider breadth of manuscripts that we now have. We have more uh, manuscripts available to us than what we had when the King James Version was written. Uh, and it uses, kind of incorporates all of those different manuscripts, right? And so a wider variety, which then uh, I think in my opinion, right, gives kind of us uh, a greater chance that we're at a closer, with all those wide varieties of manuscripts, that we are uh, closer to, like, the original text, okay? And so they're basing those translations off of something I think is closer to the original text, okay? So that's another reason why uh, translations can be different, is based on the manuscripts that are used. And then the last point here, why we end up with these different translations, and probably the most significant of all these of accounting for the differences in translations is because you can still have like people making translation in the same point in time and then using the same manuscripts and you still end up like in a different translation and so this leads to that third reason and that's kind of different philosophies of translation okay different philosophies of translation and really the kind of debate is trying to kind of walk that line of kind of do you want a more literal translation or a more readable translation okay on the literal side that's what we call like a formal equivalent that's more of like a word-for-word -word translation where you say okay you have this greek word and i'm replacing that with like the english translation word okay and i'm going to be as close to the original text as possible in a word-for-word -word literal manner okay and then, um, but in that process, when you do that, one of the dangers is your translation becomes a little harder to read, right? It doesn't flow as well in English. And so it's a little maybe harder to understand. And so you're, in, on the one side, you're willing to sacrifice the readability in order to have a more kind of literal translation, more word-for-word -word translation, okay? But then others will want to make it more readable, okay? And that's what we call like a dynamic equivalent. And so kind of instead of a word-for-word -word translation, it might be more of a thought-for-thought -thought translation where it's kind of taking the Greek or Hebrew and it's saying, okay, this is what the that text means. Like the, this is the general thought behind that. And so we are going to translate into English in a way that captures that general thought. It might not be 
like that literal word-for-word translation, but it's capturing the essence, the essential thought of that text. Okay? Hopefully that makes sense. All right? And so depending on where you fall on that spectrum will kind of determine the different translations, right? And so, um, and that really accounts for all these differences of translations where you have uh, translations like the NAS, uh, the King James Version, even the ESV, I think, uh, tend to go more towards like the formal equivalent. They're the more literal word-for-word translations. And so what will then happen is, yeah, they might not always be the most kind of readable translation, okay? But they're trying to stick more literally to the text. And then as you go along the spectrum, you kind of then have like the NIV, which is a little bit more of that dynamic equivalent where um, trying to give you that thought for thought kind of a thing. Uh, probably the NET, the, the New English translation kind of does that as well. Um, to then on the far end of the spectrum, you have stuff like kind of like the message, the living Bible, uh, those type of things are maybe on the far end of almost more like kind of a paraphrase, definitely the thought for thought type of thing, right? So in most kind of translations fall in that spectrum, all right? So that's kind of the main differences here between some of these. And so when you consider, well, what should, what should I choose? There are different things in that. And spoiler, I'm not going to give you an exact choice here, all right? I'm not sponsored by a certain Bible translation to tell you what to get or whatever. But I will just say this, okay? So some of the things to consider. One you should be able to read your Bible, okay? Like, that's like a foundational level, right? If you're like, man, I really uh, want this formal equivalent or something where I'm just going to dig into the King James Version, but you have no idea what you're reading, you might need a different translation, right? You just, you should at least be able to read what you're uh, studying, okay? You should be able to understand it at like the English level, okay? Um, And so pick a translation with that. But then another thing to consider is one of the issues of kind of the more readable or dynamic equivalent kind of translations is the further you go in that kind of spectrum of, oh, I'm giving more of the general thought for thought. Now I'm giving more of a paraphrase or different things like that. And you get away from the literal translation word for word. The farther you get, that means the more... Uh, kind of interpretive decisions the translator is making for you, okay? So there are certain kind of ways like the Hebrew or Greek grammar kind of work to where, depending on how you translate it, you can actually be making kind of a decision of what you think the text actually means. And it might not actually mean that. Okay, Um, and so you're getting kind of the translator's interpretation built into your translation. Okay, and so sometimes that can be fine, right? You might end up with that same kind of interpretive decision as well. Okay, but there might be times that you don't or you might not recognize that that is an interpretive decision that they're making here. And so that's where people who kind of favor more the formal equivalent word for word is, hey, like, yeah, the English is clunky sometimes or it might not be the most readable, but it allows the reader to kind of make those interpretations for themselves, okay? And they kind of leave that up to the reader rather than injecting kind of their own interpretation into the text, okay? All right, so those are kind of like the main 
kind of differences as well as some thoughts to consider. And so for you, right, as you consider what you would, uh, which translation you would have, it's kind of, yeah, what would you want on that scale, okay? Would you want something that is more readable and everything that you can just more readily understand it? Or do you want something that's more kind of word for word and then you need to kind of also do more of that work of, okay, so then what does this mean? And uh, kind of building out those interpretations. And really, I think there's benefit in kind of having multiple translations, okay, where you can kind of read a verse in one and if it doesn't maybe quite make sense, you can read that same verse in another translation and sometimes how they word it might kind of help you understand a little better. So that's a helpful practice. Um, but again, I, I, my goal here is not to necessarily champion a certain um, translation. Again, not sponsored by anyone, all that. Um, I personally use uh, the ESV. Again, uh, that doesn't mean you have to or whatever, different things. Uh, I just favor more of that kind of word-for-word uh, equivalent but I find the ESV a little more readable than some of those other formal equivalents, okay? So um, that's just, again, take that for what it is. Uh, that's just my perspective, but I know a lot of people use other translations, and that's great. And that leads to kind of this last point I wanted to make as I kind of wrap up here is something that, as I consider this topic, as I consider this question, I think I wanted to bring up because I've been in kind of circles or, or oh, that kind of have fallen into this trap and I, I don't think it's good. And that is um, we should be careful not to shame people for their choice of Bible translation. Okay. And you might, when I say that, you might think, well, of course that's ridiculous, but, but it happens. Okay. It actually happens. And to where we can look, we can think so highly of the translation we use and then look down upon anyone who uses a different one or a seemingly, in our mind, maybe a bad one or something, right? And we can do that, right? It's like, oh, you you read whatever it is. I'm not even going to give an example because I don't want to potentially give a negative, right, to a certain translations. But, um, but we can view that negatively. And it almost can, like, shame people for their... Bible translation, and they might feel kind of awkward and like, oh, like, this is the Bible I have. Like, I kind of like it, or, oh, this is just what I have. And they almost kind of feel like, oh, man, like, I don't have a real Bible or something like that, okay? And so, let's not do that. Let's instead be excited that people are actually reading the Bible, okay? Let's be excited that people are engaging with the Word of God and not get so caught up with having this kind of prideful view of our translation, Okay? Um, and I say that because I've been guilty of that in the past. Okay. I've been guilty of that where I kind of view like, oh, the ESV is best. And like, if you use something different, um, it's not as good or something. And, um, and that's not the case. Okay. Like they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. Again, it depends on where you want to be on that spectrum of, do you want the more word for word? Do you want more readable? What do you, what would kind of you prefer and what would work best for you? to help you understand the word of God better. That's the ultimate goal, okay? And so, again, let's not shame one another for whatever choice we make of translations, but instead be excited that people are even engaging the word of God. That's the main point here. And so, in my mind, that's what it is, right? I'm going to encourage you to, like, what version is best for you? Whichever version gets you into reading the Bible. Whatever version gets you into the Bible, that's the best version for you, okay? And so... 
that is kind of another last kind of thought that I wanted to give here. And so, um, again, hopefully that sheds a little bit of insight into some of these differences um, to these different translations. Again, gives kind of you that spectrum of how you end up with different translations, for, like even between the ESV, NIV, NAS, um, that are still somewhat newer translations um, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but again, they have differences, right? And again, a lot tied into kind of that philosophy of translation, the, um, the literal versus the readability, all that is kind of the main difference. And so, again, hopefully that helps you. Hopefully as you consider which translation works best for you, um, think through those things. What, what do you value? And maybe try reading various translations, all right? And then see which one does work best for you. All right, well, hopefully that helps and uh, that'll wrap up our discussion of Bible translations and look forward to discussing more questions next time. So we'll catch you all later.